Welcome to the Hearing Matters podcast with Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaise Delfino of Audiology Services, the show that discusses hearing technology, best practices, and a growing national epidemic, hearing loss. You're tuned in to episode 10 of the Hearing Matters podcast, and Dr. Delfino and I are extremely excited about today's episode because we are going to be talking about better hearing and speech month. Dad, were you aware that this year marks 93 years of better hearing and speech month? Yeah, that's certainly a, a rich history of, of involvement with concerns for people with speech and hearing. I was not aware that it was 93 yet. It's absolutely incredible. And from our own perspective and our own point of view, I feel as though that our industry as a whole is just starting to scratch the surface in terms of raising awareness. I feel as though that we as professionals still have a lot more to do in terms of raising awareness of hearing healthcare. We all do an incredible job of raising that awareness, not only the private practices, but the manufacturers as well. And May is our month. This is our month, Dr. D. So very excited to raise awareness of hearing healthcare. I was on Ash's website, which is the American Speech Language Hearing Association, and the theme this year for Better Hearing and Speech Month is Communication at Work. On Ash's website, they reported that their plans for Better Hearing and Speech Month to reflect the impact of COVID-19, all consumer and public resources will now be topical to the coronavirus and will feature guidance for preventing or managing communication disorders at this challenging time. I absolutely love that. Dad, in our episode about COVID-19 and the impact that it's had on audiology services, we discussed how Dave Fabry from Starkey was talking about the communication breakdowns that a lot of the masks being worn can create. And how wonderful is it that ASHA really pivoted their resources to provide guidance for managing communication disorders at this time? I think it really is a, a way in which the organization has acted so responsibly and currently with regard to what's going on now. The fact that they are addressing, as we all are, the impact of uh, COVID-19 on the speech uh, and the and hearing community is, is absolutely timely and, again, speaks to their ability to be contemporary of what's going on in our world. Dad, I'd like to discuss the history of Better Hearing and Speech Month. And I was able to pull a few facts from uh, the Healthy Hearing website. Better Hearing and Speech Month was first celebrated in 1927 by the American Speech Language Hearing Association, but they were known back then as the American Society for the Disorders of Speech. While I was conducting my research a couple of days ago, I also found that President Ronald Reagan, who had hearing loss and was the first president to be fitted with hearing aids while in office, authorized a congressional proclamation declaring the month of May as Better Hearing and Speech Month, the goal being to raise awareness of hearing and speech disorders. And his proclamation was as follows. Now, therefore, I, Ronald Reagan... President of the United States of America, do hereby proclaim the month of May as Better Hearing and Speech Month, and I call upon the people of the United States to observe this month with appropriate ceremonies and activities. Regarding activities, Dad, you've been an audiologist for over 30 years, 
And this Better Hearing and Speech Month is quite different for all of us hearing healthcare professionals. What have you done as a professional in the past during the month of May? I know um, growing up in hearing healthcare, May was always such a busy month for you as an audiologist. Yeah, and, and it, was a, it was a great opportunity for us to go out into the community to do hearing screenings, to again raise awareness of hearing and hearing loss was an opportunity for us to let people know that the professions of speech pathology and audiology were designed to help with those conditions. Again, it was a it was a way in which we could provide a consumer awareness for issues with regard to speech and hearing. And what a month it is. Like we said in the beginning of the episode, this is our month as hearing healthcare professionals. And as hearing healthcare professionals, we need to celebrate this month with excitement to increase awareness, but it can't just stop after the month of May. Over the years, the annual month-long campaign has reached many ears, no pun intended. I know from the history of audiology services, typically May, we would run different campaigns of church screenings. When I was in graduate school, we did a lot of school screenings as well. So I'm grateful that we have the opportunity to raise awareness on a digital platform, not only nationally, but globally as well. Now, Dad, we are a hearing and speech family. My sister, Veronica, she is a speech-language pathologist who specializes in dysphagia and working with patients who present with aphasia. And Mom, Cheryl Delfino, is a hearing instrument specialist. You're an audiologist of over 30 years And you have to be thinking to yourself, wow, this is, for lack of a better word, pretty darn cool that our family are in the communication sciences and disorders field. Yeah, I'm I'm sometimes surprised about this myself because there was really no design um, or emphasis placed upon uh, this field other than doing what we did, your mother and I doing what we did every day. You were, you and Veronica were inculcated with all the aspects of day-to-day hearing and speech issues, and for whatever reason, it seemed to have um, stricken a, a note with 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 our family that we're we're connected with uh, speech and hearing. Back in the day, which was what fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, when it was the uh, bring your son or daughter to work day. And I believe you were working at St. Joseph's and I was eight or nine years old and I saw my first barium swallow study. And I thought that was pretty incredible. And that was with Hilda, Hilda, Hilda Pressman. Pressman, right? Mm-hmm. She was, she was a speech language pathologist as well. Yes. I remember just going to work with you that day, seeing my first barium swallow study, not really understanding why the speech language pathologist conducted barium swallow studies. And then, of course, seeing the the booth that you tested all of your pediatric and uh, adult patients in, especially with the the uh, the setup for the play audiometry the VRA, and the VRA. Yeah. It, was, it was really cool to see that at such a young age. Dad, I'm always interested to know because, of course, being an audiologist of over 30 years, you've helped thousands of patients, which to think about that is, is really incredible. So thank you for your dedication to our field. What inspired you to enter the field of audiology? I grew up in a household where my father was hearing impaired. He was also a physician, and that presented with another set of difficulties. Um, 
I had seen how he had struggled. I had been with him as he had gone through progressive surgeries to remediate the the hearing loss. Um, what surgery did he have? He had bilateral stapedectomies, 10 years apart. Um, and for a while, it certainly seemed to help him hear better. Um, but as time went on, the prosthetics didn't work as well. And we wound up fitting him with hearing aids for which he was eternally grateful. So my influence was uh, my father seeing how he struggled with hearing loss and how audiologists could help him function better. Dad, leading up to Grampy wearing hearing aids, were there signs of hearing loss that you and the family saw in the household? What did some of those signs of the hearing loss look like? Everyday conversation, unless you spoke loudly enough, he would not respond to you. When he was on the telephone, if there was any noise going on in the background, he was he was adamant about silence when the phone rang because he couldn't hear or understand what was being said over the phone. Again, I wasn't in the field at that time, but just observing how when he had conversations with people, I would ask him, did you understand what that person said? And he said, not really. Um, so, so he's just shaking his head. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's common. Yeah. We see that a lot with, with our own patients, especially if a spouse comes with them. They'll oftentimes say, they just often agree, even if I don't hear what they say. And sometimes they don't know what they're agreeing with. Dad, can you list some common signs of hearing loss for our listeners on episode 10 of the Hearing Matters podcast? Certainly. And I think these are uh, signs that anyone with um, anyone with a good sense of observation would pick up when, when an individual is frequently asking others to repeat themselves. They don't hear the initial conversation. They're not quite sure what was being said, or they heard bits and pieces of what was being said. And so they'll ask to have what was said repeated. Having the television turned up more loudly. Sometimes folks within, with individuals with hearing loss can't sit in the same room and watch television with their family because the volume is simply not loud enough. Understanding conversations in noisy places, going to a restaurant, or when there's a family, family function, they wind up being isolated. They will remove themselves from the conversation simply because they don't understand what's being said. Women and children's voices, because they're simply more high frequency and don't have a whole lot of volume, they struggle with, with that as well. Difficulty on the telephone is certainly one, as I had mentioned with my father. The phone presents a, a whole other issue. These are, these are certainly some of the more common suspicions of someone with hearing loss. Dad, a lot of times in clinic, we will meet patients who will oftentimes say that they will actually avoid social situations that were once enjoyable to them. And oftentimes it's because they have such difficulty understanding what's being said, especially with competing background noise. Yeah. And, you know, Blaze, we've, we've had some interesting cases where an individual will approach that from one of two aspects. They will either retreat and blend in and pretend as though they're hearing something when they're not, or they will take control of the conversation. They will be the one talking, asking the questions, because in this, in this venue, they're able to direct and control what's being said. They know what's being said. They have a sense of, of being a part of what's going on rather than sitting back. Now, Dr. Delfino, you just listed common signs of hearing loss. Let's just say I, as an individual, can relate to some of these signs of hearing loss. What is the next step? I either need to 
get a hearing screening or a hearing evaluation. What is the difference? Because we know there is a difference between a hearing screening and a hearing evaluation. I know we touched upon this in an earlier episode, but can you again describe the difference between a hearing screening and a hearing evaluation? The screening is, as it says, it is a way in which we can determine in a yes or no venue whether or not someone has difficulty hearing. A few frequencies are used, a set loudness level is determined, and it is a pass or fail response. It grossly tells us whether or not a hearing loss exists. It tells us nothing about how well someone truly communicates. An audiologic evaluation tells us frequency by frequency what the hearing loss looks like, what kind of hearing loss it is, and the impact that it has on one's ability to understand speech. Because we're doing pure tones, we're doing bone conduction, we're doing speech, speech and quiet, speech and noise, so we get a much more complete picture. And for all of our listeners, if you are not a current patient or you're just entering the discovery phase of hearing technology and hearing health, we encourage you to visit a hearing healthcare professional or audiologist to get your hearing screened on an annual basis because many of us get our teeth cleaned and our vision checked. We have to get our hearing screened. And again, for our listeners, this is episode 10 of the Hearing Matters podcast, and Dr. Delfino and I are celebrating Better Hearing and Speech Month. We have, as a clinic, been celebrating Better Hearing and Speech Month on Facebook and Instagram, so this has actually been quite a busy month for us, Dad. Even though we haven't been in the clinic physically, we've been able to release a lot of content digitally through the Hearing Matters podcast, and we hope that it's helping a lot of professionals and individuals who are just entering, again, that discovery phase of hearing healthcare. Dad, I'm really excited about this next segment of episode 10 of the Hearing Matters podcast because we have a few messages from some of our colleagues in the hearing healthcare industry. Some of these colleagues are speech-language pathologists. Some of them are audiologists, and you might even hear a message from one of our patients as well. Hi, my name is Dr. Natalie Phillips, and I'm an audiologist with Advanced Otolaryngology and Audiology in Fort Collins, Colorado. I also host a Facebook Live show called All Things Odd. I've been an audiologist for 24 years, and I love to be able to connect people to each other and back to life. My name is Arely Williams, and I'm a speech-language pathologist. I currently work in two settings, outpatient rehab and early intervention, in which I support children ages birth through three and their families. My favorite part of being a speech-language pathologist is giving families the tools and strategies to get their kids talking. If you're a parent or if you've been around kids, you know how exciting it is when a child speaks their first word or makes their first gesture. I love celebrating first words and other special victories with my kids and their families. My name is Tammy Boyd and I'm a speech-language pathologist at Abington Heights School District. What I love the most about being a speech-language pathologist is that I get to help students to be able to communicate in the classroom with their teachers and their friends. And I feel like that's such a meaningful task and it's just so rewarding. My name is Gerald E. Fault. I'm 72 years old and an adjunct professor at Wilkes University. For years, I was, like you, one who persevered with increased loss and ability to hear ambient sounds and the secondary problem of tinnitus. These conditions caused great difficulty for me 
and more importantly, my wife, children, coworkers, colleagues, and students. The introduction of hearing aids significantly reduced these problems of not a being able to effectively hear and effectively communicate. I have to compliment the professionals at Audiology Services. Their hearing aids really helped me to improve the quality of my life and that of others. On behalf of the Hearing Matters podcast, Dr. Delphine and I would like to extend our gratitude and thank you again for tuning in to episode 10 of the Hearing Matters podcast. If you aren't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram and like our Facebook page. Those social media handles are going to be in the show notes. You're tuned in to the Hearing Matters podcast with Blaze Delfino and Dr. Gregory Delfino. Until next time, hear life story. Thanks again for tuning in to the Hearing Matters podcast today. I'm your host, Blaze Delfino, and on behalf of our entire team, thank you so much for the support. Truly, it means so much to us. Head on over to the Apple Podcast app and share your thoughts. What did you like most about this episode and what do you like most about our podcast? Five-star reviews are always appreciated. And also head on over to Instagram, hit that follow button and let's connect. And as a team, we can continue to help our community hear life story.